When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We made the observation that there are currently eight NFL teams, so a very neat 25% of the league that does not have a head coach in place. And I, I, I made that observation, and he turned to me and said, this is after two years ago there were 10 openings. So there have been, in, just in that stretch, now I don't know how many there were last year, let's call it five or six. Yes, yeah, so it was only like five, I want to say. So, so pull five, up the list. So that means that there have been... 23 or 24 coaching changes in the last two off seasons. Right? Let's call this a third off season. Now, some of them are the same, right? Carolina had an opening last year. They have another opening this year. Some of these other coaches, at least one or two others, I think we figured out didn't last more than two seasons. So it isn't necessarily more than half the league has turned over coaches, but it is worth pointing out that, Whenever anyone talks about, well, you got to have a 10-year, there's no 10-year plan. There's no five-year plan. Everyone's trying to win right this minute, and if they can't, they're moving on immediately. Yeah, there are only four coaches in the NFL that have been at their current post since 2016. Stand by. Which is only eight years. Right. Well, actually, only three now post-Belichick. So, and and post-Carroll. Right. So, I mean, it's Andy and Tomlin, and I'm forgetting one. And, And Harbaugh, that's it. Oh, John Harbaugh. That's it? Yeah. Um, Eight yeah. years. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean that the league is, does that mean that we should expect that to be the case? Does that mean that, that as football has become a little bit more like basketball, as players are moving from place to place more quickly, as the ability, th- th- this was a league where the mantra was we build through the draft, we start today, and then our plan is that three years from now we're in the playoffs and four years from now we're a championship contender. That's over. Everybody wants to be a contender right now, right? I think it might have more to do with control. Um, what has happened in baseball, my favorite sport is, Front offices hire the manager that is willing to capitulate to the front office and basically enact their vision on the field in all ways. I think that's probably what's happening in football. I'm not sure you would have seen Pete Carroll be fired yesterday if he was someone that was willing to do that exact thing. But I think general managers have more power now in football than they have traditionally. The head coach has less say in personnel than they have traditionally. And as a result, head coaches have less power overall than they have traditionally. At least that's my theory. Let me play a couple of sound bites. We had a really good show on TV this morning. Some of the storytelling was extraordinary. We had Lewis Riddick, who played on a Cleveland Browns team in the 90s. That was the head coach was Bill Belichick, and the defensive coordinator was Nick Saban. And he was a defensive player. So he legitimately played for those two guys. He told unbelievable stories. Teddy Bruschi was on. And maybe my favorite answer I've had to any question in a long time was when I asked him, how will you describe someday when your grandchildren ask you what it was like playing for Bill Belichick? How will you describe it? This is what he said. I want you all to think of a wet towel, okay? You know a wet towel when it drips and it's and what you try to do is get all of that water out of that wet towel and how do you do it? You take both of your hands and you wring that towel over and over and over again, okay? 
That towel is the player. Bill Belichick are the hands that wring the water out. And the water is the talent of that player. Bill Belichick could get every drop of physical ability, mental ability, football playing ability out of you somehow, some way. And it didn't, know, it didn't matter how he did it. It was going to happen. And if you were a player that wanted to win championships, that's exactly what you wanted. You wanted every ounce of ability to be wrung out of you somehow, some way, because the success of winning Super Bowls is what this game is all about. And that's what it was like to play for Bill Belichick. We all sat there with our jaws agape, right? I had chills. That that really was a remarkable way of describing it. And I think there were so many parallels with him and Saban in that. You know, and again, Saban, for the most part, is coaching kids. I mean, he's coaching 18, 19, 20-year-old people. And Belichick is coaching... uh, adults much older people in most cases but beyond that the similarities are there they got the best the absolute maximum out of who they had you know i remember asking bill a question this is so funny mike used to joke about goldick used to joke about this in the early days of mike and mike we would go to the super bowl we always went to media day and before Media Day became the circus that it subsequently became. Now, I haven't been to Media Day in a long time, so I don't know what it's like now. But it became something where, like, all the late-night talk shows would send someone. Dave Letterman's mom was there. Downtown Julie Brown was there from MTV. Like, it just became more of a show than anything else. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I was no longer interested in, in that at all. But Media Day in its original incarnation, when I started covering them in the 90s and then and then the early days of Mike and Mike, I loved going to that. And I would work my way up into the front and I would ask a few questions of the different players and coaches when they were available. And I remember asking Belichick a question at one of his early Super Bowls. It wouldn't have been the first one. So it would have been when they won the back-to-backs against Carolina and Philly. So so Three and four. Whenever that is. Yeah, they're... they're uh, Three and four meaning... Oh, three and oh, four, excuse me. Oh, oh three those and oh, four, yeah, yeah, seasons. yeah, that then. So sometime like that. And the big topic of conversation was how they really didn't have any stars on their offense. Brady was just coming into his own as a star, and the kicker was a star, and there were a lot of really well-known players on the defense, but they didn't really have any stars. And I remember asking Belichick a question about that, sort of trying to get to the bottom of the greatness of his coaching of his ability to take players who were not, in those days, Randy Moss or Terrell Owens or, uh, you know, Eric Dickerson, whoever the best players of the moment were, and, and turn them into these great players. And I phrased the question inartfully, and he's just staring at me, not angrily, just like, you're asking me to say my players aren't very good. Mm. And so I said, I would give anything to find the tape of this. I said... That's probably a stupid question, isn't it? And he said, yes, it probably is. <laughs> and laughed. And Mike was laughing hysterically behind me because he didn't want to hear it that way. But that is the truth. Before they got, and, and, and uh, Chris Berman was alluding to that on this show in our first hour, before they got Gronkowski, before they got Randy Moss, before they got, he was doing this with no-name offensive players. Who, who was, can you pull up? The, the, I'm looking at their teams. starting lineup Who in the was Super the Bowl leading Russia? against Carolina that year. I'll pull that up next, but it was Carolina. You're talking about, yeah. In that okay. Super Bowl, they started Antoine Smith at running back. Antoine Smith at running back. They started Troy Brown and Dion Branch at receiver. Yeah, I think Dion Branch was the MVP of he one was. of those games, and uh, Daniel Graham was the tight end. And that was a top ten offense. 
And these are guys you'd never heard never of. Never heard I of. mean, like, they, 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 you don't remember Mm-mm. them at all now. You remember, um, uh, the, the, because he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Deion Branch, yeah, caught yeah. a bunch of passes and against And you remember Philly. Troy Brown because he was sort of, he was a classic Belichick player because he was so malleable, right? He would be a running back. He played defense. He, he, remember, he was like that multi-skilled yep. two ways. Players who, who, a player a who bit. did a whole bunch of different things. That first year they won, like, like you know, and that was the weird year, too. Like, the whole world was not normal. Because that was the year that um, of, 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 of September 11th. So everything was really out of whack. Our whole world felt out of whack. That was the year Brady wound up becoming their starter. They went to the Super Bowl. There was no off week. Uh, there wasn't the usual week off in between the championship games and the Super Bowl because they had used a week where they didn't play. The week after 9-11, they didn't play games. So everything about that was different. So... You remember Vanitari making the kick. You remember like, legendarily John Madden not thinking they should try and score on that last drive and play for overtime and Brady leading them down. But I, for the life of me, I don't remember who he was throwing to. Who were on those teams? David Patton, Troy Brown, Terry Glenn, Kevin Falk. It's a sort of who, who's who of who's that, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, not legendary names. And of course, Brady became that, but no one would have ever guessed he was going to be that. So that's where we are today. We're talking about, we're not eulogizing a man. He is a a healthy, vibrant person who, in his case, intends to go on coaching and I think almost certainly will be a head coach somewhere else next season. And we're not eulogizing Nick Saban, who is also a healthy, vibrant man, um, who is retiring, as I told you earlier, I believe, because the sport has become something he doesn't recognize and doesn't enjoy anymore and just doesn't need at this stage of his life. We're not eulogizing these men, but I am sad. And I touched on this on the TV show. But if you're a person like me, and Hembo, you, I think, will arrive at this because it matters so much to you. I mean, I write the books that we write because I love sports history. I love it. I love the history of sports every bit as much as I love the present. I always have a very hard time comparing anyone in the modern age to the greats of, of once before. Hembo and I right now are doing research for a book that we are, we are uh, planning to have out at the end of this year. And Hembo will tell you, every single time it comes up, I always say, well, that guy in the 70s was way better. Always. He was way better. Oh, every time. And, and of course, when we go back and we look at the numbers and everything, none of them actually were. But in my memory, they were. Anyway, the point I'm making is, this morning when we were talking about Belichick, we put up on the screen video of Belichick when he was the defensive coordinator of the Giants, coaching Lawrence Taylor. There's Lawrence Taylor, the most legendary of them all, a player of yesteryear, multiple yesteryears. He's not a generation ago. He's multiple generations ago. He's my childhood. And the connections to that are becoming fewer and further between. So as Belichick goes, and again, he'll come back and coach next year, I think, but when the Belichicks go, when the Sabans go, that's an era gone by. And I feel very nostalgic about that stuff. It makes me sad. Part of it is because, as Cam sort of jokingly said, not so jokingly, I don't particularly like change, but also because I think when you reach a certain age, you realize we only have so many eras. We only get to see so many eras. There are a lot of people who saw... Lawrence Taylor, who did not get to see uh, Mac Jones. And that's just the reality of the way it goes. And whatever the, the really, really young ones of today, when they become the legendary figures that Belichick and Saban are now, I won't be around for it. 
hopefully I'll be alive, but I don't think I'm going to be sitting in this chair. So I get very sad with the passage of these eras, and I, I definitely feel it today. We, um, we really appreciate history. I think we could be better at appreciating history while it's happening. Like over the last two decades, I'm not so sure that I appreciated every ounce of Belichick and Sabin as I should have. And as I said in the last hour, it's my opinion that they're the two greatest football coaches that ever lived. Probably a controversial opinion. Perhaps not. If you were to assemble a Mount Rushmore, though, of football coaches of all time, whether it be college or pro, I would certainly argue that they're both on it. And there's sort of a beautiful symmetry to us finding out that they're leaving their posts within 15 hours of each other, being former colleagues, confidants, friends. I mean, they're forever linked. So there's something kind of beautiful, kind of fitting about these things happening on back-to-back days the way that they did. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's where you and I differ. I think I do do a good job of appreciating the historical perspective on these people. Again, that may be a function of my age. Like, when you're your age, you may think, wow, this is so exciting. I get to see, I'm seeing Nick Saban, and then tomorrow there'll be someone else. You realize there aren't going to be someone else Mm. tomorrow. Like the Tom Brady's of the world, like the... So starting in when I when I got to ESPN in the late 90s or when we started Mike and Mike in 2000, I mean, think about the legends that I've had the ability to sit here and chronicle their accomplishments, because that's the best thing I was ever going to be able to do. I couldn't sniff the jocks of any of these great athletes as a player or as anything else. So the closest I was ever going to get to it would be to chronicle it. But think who we've had. Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Steph Curry. Tom Brady. What baseball player fits into that? Mike Trout? They all use steroids. <laughs> yeah. It's ruined. Those 20 years of baseball have been ruined. Uh, and the recollection of it. Trout? Trout's the greatest thing that we have in the post-steroid era. Pujols? I'm just trying to think through the Pujols sport. Pujols is a great. Rodgers? I'm, I'm just thinking of the, of, the, of the players and coaches, let's say, of, of this century now, who, who's whose primary, not, not maybe who li- leaked into the century, mm-hmm. but who, whose body of work will have been, you know, 2000 or later. Gino, Serena. Gino Oriema, Serena Williams, for sure, for Michael sure. Michael Phelps. Yeah, 100%. 28 medals. <laughs> yeah, 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 all of them. Okay, let, let me pause briefly on that thought. There's so much more to get to today, and you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, obviously, a lot of championships between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, who in the span of Less than 24 hours, both departing their longtime spots. Saban retiring yesterday. Belichick and the Patriots will give you the insight into why they are going their separate ways. The news conference with Belichick and Robert Kraft coming your way noon Eastern time. You will hear it live here on ESPN Radio. We also have NBA action tonight. Lakers and Suns presented by Indeed. Coverage tonight, 930 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Hembo, you had a thought. I have a thought. I'm... About a week ago or so, when we decided that it was very likely that Bill Belichick was on his way out, you said to me, you think the overwhelming likeliest thing that happens here is that Robert Kraft tries to trade him. And that made all the sense in the world to me. If you have the best coach of all time and someone else might want him, why not try to do that? That's obviously not what, not, uh, what has happened here. Instead, they decided to mutually part ways and get nothing for him. I think they did right by him, but part of me also wonders if it was a foolish decision given the fact that you have this incredible asset that you're getting nothing for. So here's what I will tell you. I may be about to teach you a word you don't otherwise know. But in this case, Robert Kraft can be described as a mensch. Is that a word you've ever heard before? I've heard you use it occasionally. He's doing what a mensch does. So here's the bottom line of it. Robert Kraft is a businessman. He has run multiple highly successful businesses for decades, and you don't get to be who he is without being shrewd, without, um, without making tough decisions, without sometimes doing things that others may find unfair, all of that. But down deep inside, I know him enough to know that I think he is a good person, and I think he recognized that for what Belichick, and I think he did the same thing with Brady, for what those two guys did for him and for his organization, they deserve for him to do right by them. Now, I'll tell you a quick story. 2008, I think it was, the Jets were quarterbacked by a longtime good soldier named Chad Pennington, who had been a good player for them for a long time and had been an excellent uh, leader and an excellent part of, their, of the team fabric and community. And just a good guy. In every way, one can be a good guy. And the Jets traded for Brett Favre. And in order to do the right thing by Chad, rather than trying to trade him, they let him become a free agent. And what Chad Pennington did was he went to their division rival, Miami, won the division that year, and knocked the Jets out of the playoffs in the last game of the regular season. Beat the Jets in the last game of the regular season to win the division and knock the Jets out of the playoffs. 
So no good deed ever goes unpunished. You ask yourself, did the Jets do the right thing or the wrong thing? I would argue they still did the right thing. It was the right thing to do. Mike Tannenbaum was the GM when he did it. I don't think he regrets it. I think you do the right thing by people when the opportunity comes. If someone has been loyal to you and has done all of this great work, if Bill Belichick has put his heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears into it, and you say, you know what, maybe I could get something for this, but I'm going to do right by you and let you go unencumbered, I think that's the right thing to do. I would be very open. Well, let me put it this way. I wouldn't criticize him for doing the opposite. I also think it's a fascinating decision to make right now because what are the Patriots going to do? They have the third pick in the draft. The mock draft I saw yesterday that Jordan Reed sent out has Caleb Williams going first, has Drake May going second, and has Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner from LSU, going third. Now, maybe, and I I think Mel intimated this on with us yesterday, the space between one and two is greater than the space between two and three. I have been operating under the belief that there will be people along the way who would take Drake May ahead of Caleb Williams. Mel suggested yesterday he does not think that's the case. He thinks that Caleb Williams is 1A, and then you got to go down a good full half step And he thinks the debate will become between Jaden Daniels and Drake May to be the second quarterback taken. If that's the case, then maybe having the third pick in this draft isn't that much worse than having the second. Nothing, however, approaches having the first. So if the Bears would be willing to consider trading that first pick, and I think they will not, every sign seems to be pointing towards them taking Caleb Williams. What I'm trying to say is if you're the Patriots and you want to pick the quarterback you want, you need to move up a spot or two. And every pick that you accumulate helps you do that. That would have been the reason I thought they might try and get some draft capital for Bill so they could move up in the draft. It would have made sense. I really like that you used that Chad Pennington example going from the Jets to the Dolphins because I mentioned previously, I think Bill Belichick to Buffalo is on the list of options. I think if the Pagulas decide that Sean McDermott is not the guy to move their program forward. Bill Belichick is a free agent, and he has the opportunity. He recognizes the opportunity to coach Josh Allen. You used the word unencumbered when speaking about Robert Kraft's decision to allow Bill uh, Belichick to go wherever he wants. Would you feel differently if he winds up in Buffalo? Would I feel differently about what? About Robert Kraft's decision not to trade him. No, like I say, I think it's the right... I mean, he's doing it for the right reasons. And in so doing... He knows what he's taking a chance on. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not, he is ceding control of where Belichick goes, and he's ceding the opportunity, ceding, again, C-E-D-I-N-G, not, not um, like planting a seed. He is giving up control over those things, and he's a smart enough person to have thought through that might mean he winds up someplace we're not happy with. I think he's starting over in New England. I think they're rebuilding. They're going to take a quarterback high in this draft, and they're going to start from scratch, being the relative term that it is, from scratch. And if Bill is going to go coach uh, Buffalo and they're going to win a Super Bowl along the way, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that three years from now, when Kraft envisions his team being back on top, that it will wind up having made any difference. I, I think you you either are doing it for... 
If you're doing it for the reasons I think he's doing it, then you have to be all in. You have to be prepared that this might go that way. Will your opinion of Bill Belichick be modified in any way if he wins a championship elsewhere? Would, would, it, would it enhance his legacy yes. to the extent to which it enhanced Tom's? Yes. It would. It would. So that's why I think if you just look at the eight potential openings right now, you're being a tad bit short-sighted. Yeah. Shefty said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Atlanta would be a really good place for him because you can get – the one thing that's different about the NFL now than it used to be is you can get a quarterback. Now, you can't necessarily get one for 10 years – but you can get one for two. Who's that one? Who would you put in Atlanta that you think they could have a legitimate chance to win a championship in the next three years? Does that player exist? All right, well, let's just go through some of the names that we, we know, we believe will be available. And you just say yes or no. Russell Wilson. No. You don't win a championship with him there. You don't. He's cooked. Justin Fields. No, but he can get you into the playoffs a round or two. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins can probably get you pretty close. That's a that's the most attractive name you've said so far. So you would rather have, right now, all other things being equal, you'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Justin Fields? Yeah, with those weapons, like you have those people for him to throw the ball to, and we've seen what it looks like, you know, him to Justin Jefferson, throwing to Drake London, throwing to Kyle Pitts, putting the ball in the belly of B. John Robinson. That sounds like a pretty attractive And Tyler Algier, to me. Yeah. but I, I think Fields running like mad with that also. It made more sense when... Like Belichick has never had that. He's never he's had never, the mobile, He had yeah. Cam Newton for 10 minutes, but he's never had a quarterback who adds the dynamic, the dimension of running, and I, I think that would appeal to him. I, I wouldn't... I like the Justin Fields of it all. Who else? Who are we not thinking of? Who else might be out there and available? What other There veteran? really aren't... There really aren't free agents. I mean, if the Seahawks decide to go away from Geno Smith, you could get him for cheap. But, you know, he's Russell Wilson-ish at this point, right? He, he's, he, you don't say, okay, we got him, so now we're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so. Those guys just aren't floating around out there. You know, I mean, Fields, Wilson, and Kirk Cousins are probably going to be the three microwavable quarterbacks for you. But I'm not so sure that I feel that great about Fields, given what I just saw Bill Belichick do to Mac Jones. Another young, I think you need a ready-made quarterback for Bill Belichick based upon how badly he handled Mac Jones the last two years. So could there be another one ready-made out there? Like, I don't, the Aaron Rodgers circumstances were unique. I don't know that we all expected Russell Wilson to get traded when he did. Is there somewhere we could point to and say, I could see this team trading this quarterback for the right, under the right circumstances? Daniel Jones? Deshaun Watson? A 38-year-old Joe Flacco? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Flacco... No, I, to me, Daniel Jones is not a better option than Justin Fields. Do you think uh, so? No, I do not think so. Not given a salary, at least. Tommy DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> Who are we forgetting, Bubba and Cam? Who's another quarterback out there that you might be able to bring into a situation like Atlanta and say, we can win now? Kyler Murray? That's not bad. Not bad. I, if, if Kyler... If Kyler Murray is a person, I've never met Kyler Murray in my life, but if he was a person the organization felt a need to put a clause in his contract that said he had to watch a certain amount of tape, I don't see him being Bill Belichick's kind of guy. Feels like a bad match. They've also been steadfastly behind him in Arizona. What do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo? Wow. Well, that's an interesting one. Belichick liked Garoppolo. He drafted Garoppolo in the second round. If you believe certain people they'll tell you that's who he wanted to mm-hmm. be his quarterback and he was ready to walk away from Brady it's not a bad one Belichick you bring back Josh McDaniels who we know can't coach but can coordinate that doesn't sound like a bad triumvirate Ryan Tannehill no I think he might be done too yeah, me too. 
Don't like it. He feels washed. I like Garoppolo better. So that's why, I think, that's why I think Dallas, Philly, and Buffalo are the three teams worth circling. Those, all three of those teams have a chance to blow up here in the next week or two. And I think all three of those owners would be willing to consider the possibility of kicking their coach out the door with the possibility of Bill Belichick. Bubba, let's think this thing through from the standpoint of your team, the Cowboys. So the opening in Seattle happens yesterday. And for 10 minutes, because then the Saban news happened and the Belichick news <laughs> happened, but for 10 minutes, the conversation was all about how they want Dan Quinn. Right. How do you think that impacts the Cowboys? And now you layer the Belichick news on top of it. How do you think all of this impacts Jerry? Well, I mean, I assume Jerry's going to do everything in his power to try and keep Dan Quinn, but I, I'm guessing it's not going to really work out. So I think it just increases. It just ups the pressure even more for this year to be the year. So, you know, we've talked about how you said last earlier in the week, you know, the Cowboys are set up to fail because everything is lined up for them. And this is just another reason why they have to win this year because it's they're most likely going to lose Dan Quinn. Now, I've had my issues with Dan Quinn, but if we if we do lose him, I don't know who would be getting that would be, you know, necessarily on par or better than him. So I think, yeah, if. I he's pretty much gone. I would assume whether he goes to Seattle or somewhere else. I think he wants to be a head coach, and I think he's definitely be gone. So if they don't if they don't win this year, we're going to be getting a new defensive coordinator, and I think Mike McCarthy will be back with a new defensive coordinator. To be clear, let me circle back here. What you're talking about is a scenario where Quinn leaves because he doesn't get the head coaching job in Dallas. What I'm talking about is a scenario where they lose one of the next two weeks and they fire McCarthy and give Quinn the job. Yeah. yeah. You don't – so that, that that did not enter your head? Like, I, like, like you don't see that as the likely scenario here? I, I don't. I, I, just, I just think Jerry really likes McCarthy. So, I, I, I mean – and I, and personally too, I I don't know. I mean, yes, Dan Quinn is Dan Quinn that much of a better coach than Mike McCarthy? If you really look at his record in, in Atlanta, what he had like what two winning seasons? Yes, he went to the Super Bowl that one year, but I'm not that impressed with Dan Quinn as a head coach. And honestly, I would probably take Mike McCarthy over Dan Quinn. So I, I think Jerry Jones is going to keep McCarthy over. If he had to pick one of the two, I think he would take McCarthy. Green, I have a question for you. Go. So Jeffrey Lurie is the owner of the Eagles. Do you know what team he tried purchasing in 1993? I'm assuming you're going to tell me the Patriots. Yes. He's from Boston. He's I from know Boston. That. He went to BU. I think that there's a real possibility, like a straight line I can see, to the Eagles losing Monday night, to the Eagles firing Nick Sirianni, to Jeffrey Lurie recognizing that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sign the greatest football coach that ever lived and pouncing on that opportunity. Just look at the last two coaches he hired. He didn't give Doug Peterson the extra year. He didn't give Chip Kelly the extra year. And in neither of those circumstances did they go to a legend like this. The opportunity to hire Belichick, parenthetically, the opportunity to hire Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel in the same cycle too, looms large. That is the team that we should have circled. Things are really, really bad in Philly right now. And that is an owner with a short fuse. I do not think it is at all unlikely that could happen, or at least that could gain steam if the Eagles lose on Monday. All right, hold on. Let, let, me, let me do this. I, I'm going to just start naming teams in the NFL. Because Shefty said you're going to see teams seriously consider mm -hmm. uh, firing their coach, teams both that are in and out of the playoffs, because Belichick is around. So let, I'm just going to say a team name, and you tell me if you were the owner, would you consider making a change to Belichick? I'm just doing the divisions as they pop up. 
Buffalo. I. Now, don't say I, you complete jerk. You ruined the whole thing. But you uh, just Let's say, just go to break. Yes, seriously. I don't even want to do the show anymore. Like, why would you say I? Because it's a much better way of answering. No, it's not. It's a horrible way of answering. It was a good way of answering in 1641 right. when you were, if you were a pirate. No, then he was coaching the Baltimore Colts in 1641. <laughs> you are talking, you talk like a pirate. I do. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like a snooty pirate somehow. Uh, you talk like a pirate that everyone hates. <laughs> or like a member of the Whig Party in okay. like Parliament. Yeah. No, they're too conservative for me. Okay. All right. And, and that's saying something. <laughs> 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 to be too conservative for Hembo. <laughs> like, All right. What do they wear on well their Well played. Calls? All right. That's well played. Cam, let, let me bring you into this conversation. <laughs> Although, can we take his shot down? Like, I don't want to see Cam's head anymore. Don't take my shot down. It don't makes you me dare. sad. The, 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 the video, the, the image of Cam today, what's happened to him is so... Seriously. You're saying this like someone tied me down and did this to me. What has happened? Well, Joe Fortenbaugh gave look. him a compliment. He you said he liked it. You can't possibly have done that haircut on purpose. I sure did. You didn't like fall asleep in the barber's chair and woke up and said, wait a minute, what happened here? No, every couple of years when I get a haircut, I, I like to go super short. So this was the year I did that. You're not joining the infantry? Uh, uh, yeah, no, seriously. Are not you, yet. Are, are you telling me that you only get a haircut every couple of years? No, I'm saying every couple of years I decide to do this for my haircut. Why? Just because, you know, turning over a new leaf. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I, I'm so thrown by this. I mean, I just... Uh, That's not the way to use that analogy, by the way. Like, hey, let me ask you a question. It's a new year. Joe Fornbaugh and Nuno like it, so... Well, oh. so I mean, that not, settles that. Yeah, you know, just you jealous think you're that there's anything on top of my head. I'm not making the point. I'm just telling you. I'm not uh, making. No, I understand that. That, that. That's 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 only fueling my belief here, <laughs> and I don't even have a belief. I'm making a statement of fact. When you look in the mirror right now, are you thinking to yourself, "Boy, I look better than I did yesterday"? Is that how you feel right now? Yeah, I felt a little too grizzly. I had a long hair. My beard was a little too long. I got everything trimmed up. I'm feeling lighter. I'm feeling good. I think it looks okay. It looks like they took like one razor and just did your entire head. Yeah. Like the top, the bottom, the middle of it, everything. Everything is well, all they, one length. No, they faded the sides, so it's a little shorter on the sides. It's It's got a little bit more length on top, so it'll it'll grow in more naturally that way. Yeah. Uh, when I've done this in the past, I've done it myself, and that looks even worse. So you Yourself? should be happy you're not seeing that. Yeah. Oh, Good God. Yeah, but I went to an actual barber and did this. It was a it was a conscious decision I made, and now you're like Don Corleone and the Godfather. Like, look how they massacred my boy. That's exactly right. Now I want the name of that barber because I want to make sure I never go anywhere near him again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come back and we'll figure Didn't out. Get who my nostrils wet. Who Sorry. should it? That was a. That, I'm telling you right now. If you gave me the option between having my my nostrils waxed again or getting that haircut. <laughs> Give me the wax. Oh Just give me the wax. I would much wow. rather. At least the pain from the wax has mostly faded now. Although there are still downsides. I mean, getting my nostrils waxed was one of the worst things I've ever done. Anyway, uh, let me pause briefly on that. A pleasant thought. And we'll come back and figure out who should and an even shorter list. Who shouldn't hire Bill Belichick next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Live in New York City with enormous breaking news this morning. The New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are parting ways after 24 seasons. I don't see any way he's done. You know, the fire's still there. You don't think that people are going to be lining up to get Bill Belichick? Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, has just informed his team he is retiring from college football. Deep down, I think he knew this was the moment. Win or lose last week, it was a great time to leave. Wow, that's my reaction. It's wow. The entire show we had planned went up in smoke. Tell you what, I've been around a while. I haven't had a lot of days like this. Uh, of this kind of news in the world of sports. Saban yesterday, Belichick today. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio with the crew. We're talking about it all morning long. They go out in such different ways. Saban still at the very top. He was in overtime in a college football playoff game a week ago Monday. Clearly had not lost anything off his fastball. I think he was just as good as he's ever been. The sport had just changed to where he couldn't dominate it in the way he dominated it for a while because his backups couldn't beat other team starters anymore. Um, Belichick, of course, going out after several seasons struggling. You asked me a, a few minutes ago, Hembo, and I didn't get a chance to answer it in as much depth as I would like. If Belichick goes somewhere, let's say... Philadelphia, Atlanta, someplace else where he might win again. Mm -hmm. Would it change my perception of him? And I, the answer has to be yes. There's no way that someone going and winning another title somewhere else doesn't change the perception. However, the reason I want to caution that is because when Brady and Belichick went their separate ways and Brady won immediately, it became fashionable to say, see, it was all Brady and it wasn't Bill. I never felt that way. I do not feel that way. And so that's not what would change. It's not like Bill would go win someplace and I'll say, oh, actually, as it turns out, it really was Bill and Brady all along. It clearly was the two of them. I've been around to see success of that magnitude up close and personal. Very few people have, but I had the privilege of covering the Bulls in the 90s and being with them on a day-in, day-out basis. And people sometimes will say to you, well, uh, what did it, Phil Jackson did it matters how much did it matter what the reality is success of that magnitude doesn't happen because of any one person no matter how great that person is 
So was Brady the most important part in New England? Sure. Was Jordan the most important part in Chicago? Sure. Do those guys win a championship maybe without some of the other pieces? Sure. Do they win six? Hell no. Belichick, critical. Phil Jackson, critical. Scottie Pippen, critical. It's unfair to say these were all just one person. So anyway, my answer to your question is, sure, it would have to change your perspective of Bill a little, but I already think he's the greatest coach of all time, so I'm not sure how much more you can be than that. Do you think that the general public feels the way that you do, though? Because anytime I tweet something, anytime I talk to somebody, now that Brady has won elsewhere, I get a lot of, oh, have you seen his record without Tom? Yada, 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 yada. I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's unfair. I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, but the facts are the facts. Uh, Bill Belichick as a head coach is 84 and 103 when anyone quarterbacks his team other than Tom Brady. Does he deserve enormous credit for drafting and developing Tom Brady and then building the greatest dynasty in the history of pro football over two decades? Of course. But I do believe that if he were, uh, were to wind up winning in Philadelphia or Atlanta or with the Chargers or anywhere else, it would most certainly amplify his legacy to an even greater extent and make him the GOAT by an even more considerable margin. Fine. That's, I, I won't dispute that. To, to me, I, just, I, I will not go so far as to diminish what he did with Brady by suggesting, see, it was Brady all along. That, that, that's the place I'm not going to go. All right, quickly, we were going to do a list of teams. Take the Patriots out of the conversation, obviously, because they're the ones saying goodbye to him. The other three teams in the AFC East, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. Should any of them try and get Belichick? Uh, yes, um, the Jets should but won't, and the Bills could, uh, I think, dependent upon what happens in the playoffs. Cam, Bubba, either of you? Yeah, I don't think either the, any of them will, but I would say the best fit would probably be the Bills. I just don't think it'll happen, and I think Miami should not. Right, Miami should not. The Jets should, but won't. Um, <laughs> and he wouldn't do it anyway. And the Bills, I, I don't think they're going to make a change there. I know Hembo disagrees. Uh, NFC East, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Commanders. I think that all four of those jobs, all four of those jobs are attractive Bill Belichick jobs. I think Brian Dable is great. So that, that won't happen, although I think Belichick would like to coach the Giants, to be honest with you. But that's the one where I just really couldn't see it. I don't think he wants to, even though I, I know what you mean because mm -hmm. of his admiration, yeah. they're not close enough. They're not close enough. Like, if you're Bill, you don't want to go there and start over. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have an answer at court. They don't have anything. So you're not rebuilding in Washington either, uh, using that logic, right? I would be surprised if he goes there. I would be very surprised if he goes there. Um, I'm just going through That teams. would indicate he, he thinks he can do it for more than two or three more years, right? Stop me when I get to someone that you think uh, should consider getting rid of their coach and hiring Belichick. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Bears. Bears. Yeah, for sure. Why in the world did they make that announcement yesterday in the middle of this unbelievably loaded coaching hiring cycle? Remember when that was a big deal? Yeah. That Eberflus was returning? Yeah. That was a huge deal yesterday. I'm old enough to remember that time. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand what that means. Does that mean that they're going to keep Eberflus with only two years left on his contract and they're going to draft a rookie quarterback that's, again? That's the Are question they I... Chicago bearing again? Are they literally doing exactly? I mean, have, have they learned nothing or are they going to do something different? It's a verb. If I, let me ask you this question. If Matt Eberflus was a free agent in this cycle, would he be viewed as an attractive candidate no. relative to his peers? Of course no, not. He wouldn't get another job. I don't like firing people for the sake That's of firing That's actually people. a different question. We should, we should just go through the 24 coaches who currently have jobs in the NFL because there are eight openings and say if this guy got fired by his team, would he even get another interview? 
<laughs> like would he get? Would, would Matt Eberflus get an interview? Uh, probably not. Would Robert Sala get an interview? Definitely not. I think a lot of them would get interviews for coordinators. Oh but yeah, not no, that's not what coaches. I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not suggesting they would. They wouldn't have jobs anymore. They wouldn't be unemployed. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm talking about for, for head coaches. Matt Eberflus would not be a head coach elsewhere. No way. I'm confident in saying that. I'm just looking at the names on the list here. Um, there's not that many. I mean, there's so many coaches out of a job mm-hmm. right now. I mean, most of them I think would. Most of them would. Yeah, most I think of most them of the would. others. Most of them would. would. Most of the others would. But there are a small handful of those who would not. If you had to bet right now, among the fourteen teams that are in the playoffs, how many of those fourteen head coaches are back, independent of who might replace them? Give me a number. Thirteen. So you think? So you think one, and that one will be Philly? Right. That's your guess. Yes, I think the Cowboys are going to win two games, and I think they won't fire McCarthy. What's going to happen to Buffalo? I think Buffalo is going to win two games at least. And then either, either I think they might go to the Super Bowl. If they don't, they lose at Baltimore, which I think is no, um, you know, no, no crime. I, I don't, I don't think course. they fire a coach for that. I don't think they fire. I don't think they fire. If McDermott lost to the, to the Steelers this weekend, then maybe I could see it, but I don't see that at all. And then if they win that, who do they play? They're the two. So they were the, what are the possibilities there? They could get. Kansas City. The, I mean, it just depends on how, how the wild card. Sh- no, I understand know, all that, but that game wise. is what decides it. So it, it, it would require Miami beating Kansas City mm-hmm. for them not to get Kansas City. Am I doing that math yes, right? Yes, So right. they're going to get Kansas City. It's going to be Kansas City at Buffalo. I'm not so sh- I don't feel as confident in Kansas City as the world does, by the way. Meaning that they're going to beat Miami in negative nine degree temperatures on Saturday night on Peacock? The line is pretty small. It's only four and a half. It's a little smelly. And I did the research... I looked at all the really, really cold games in the, in the history of the playoffs, and there is no direct correlation between the temperature being really low and your opponent having a tough time. I'll, I'll give you more of that information tomorrow. Oh, I yeah. was surprised. Tomorrow will be a day that we will dive headlong into these six playoff games this weekend because it has the potential to be an outstanding weekend. But today, we know what today was about. Thank you so much for spending it with us here. We'll see you back in Better Than Ever on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.